The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his dues in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battle's for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. So, I mean, I was doing it all myself. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in, pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. Today's guest, motor racing official, manager, former VP of competition of NASCAR, crew chief for several NASCAR teams over the course of 17 years, heading teams for Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Began his career as a mechanic and fabricator with Petty Enterprises in 1979, becoming a crew chief in 1983, moved to Roush in 1987, then Penske in 1995. Mike, he was Rusty's crew chief for 230 races, which had been the longest driver-crew chief combination in NASCAR. He's the one that coined the phrase, have at it, boys. Say hi to Robin Pemberton. Here's Mike Wallace. Robin, I remember sitting in, sitting in that driver's meeting when you made that comment about have at it, boys. Yeah, that was an off. The, that was very, very non-scripted. I can tell you that much. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we, you know, we it was something. Go ahead. Yeah, well, we love that part about it, but we want to go back. You know, the thousands or millions of fans that are listening have, know Robin Pemberton is really a famous crew chief with working with some of the greatest drivers in the sport 
And we need to find the backstory. We need to find out how you even got involved in motorsports. What prompted your interest in it? You know, did you, did you grow up around it? Or uh, I'm going to give it to you now. I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about where Robin Pemberton came from. Okay. It's it's kind of a long story. We got an hour, so don't get plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Well, you know, um, grew up in upstate New York. Uh, you know, and very close to Vermont. We're right in line between New York City and Montreal. Uh, and uh, our family was in the in the restaurant business, and we had a restaurant that was close to a, a new racetrack that was being built. And this is in the mid-'60s, okay? So that's mod- asphalt, modified guys, and all of that. And so, you know, you got to meet all these guys after a Friday night race, and then you got to go other races and uh you know the the local track it, it was uh albany saratoga speedway and later they called it malta but i've you know i went as a fan to fonda and lebanon valley and catamount thompson and stafford and all of all of those places in the northeast as a it, you know when i was 10 or 11 years old and uh you know made friends with some with the drivers and made friends with the drivers families and you know and and uh, the narducci family way back when they're they used to drag my brother and i or at least me around to all these different racetracks and stuff and you know was become a big fan you know at, at a very very young age so that's where it started you know so becoming that fan that you became how what do you think I know that sounds this is going to kind of sound different or way I'm just going to phrase it. How did you become a fan? What attracted you to to, to racing? It's just uh, even as a as a as a little kid, you know, you always you like cars, right? I mean, most of us did. And you know, you you like sports cars and you you know, there was there was just something about the competition and and all of that and uh you know, enjoyed it every Friday night and uh you know, never missed a race for you know, a decade. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you like the people, you like what you saw, you like the team aspect, you know I mean? That it kind of, it drew you to that, you know? So as you work through the process or become the fan, you were the young boy that enjoyed hanging out with your family and all the racers at the racetrack. Where was the next step? How did you become involved in motorsports? Well, you know, I think as most of us do, you know, there's, you start off because somebody else has a car, somebody else has a team and, you know, you start off by volunteering and helping and doing small things. And, you know, that, that just leads, leads to other things if you stay after it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I went away to college and I studied hotel management and food and beverage, but really my love was, was cars and, and the racing part of it. And, uh, you know, I had some weekend warrior jobs, uh, as a, as a mid teenager type thing. And, um, as time moved on friends like Steve Neal, he was a couple years older than me. He was the first one that I knew from a mechanic side of things that moved South. So Steve come down about 70, I don't know, 74, 75, 76, something like that. And uh, he worked for uh, Tex Powell, Denny Parsons, uh, DeWitts, and uh, and eventually he his, he moved to the Petty Enterprise Group. So that was my 
that was my connection to the big leagues. Well, I didn't know that. See, Jeff, every time we do one of these shows, I learn something about – I think I know everything about Tupino, <laughs> and I don't really, So, first of all, you had a hospitality degree at college, which very few no, members make sense. You're in the right. No, 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 no. Let oh, you stopped short. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you, you went to school for it. Let, let me rephrase that. Let me clear clarify all of that, you know. <laughs> okay. None of us actually deserve a degree in anything, you know what I mean? It's just classes and whatnot, and you take that and move on to something else, you know. So. Okay. So, but – then I take it you and Steve Meal lived in the same area or grew up in the same area then? Or what kind was the of? question? Steve Meal. Did you and Steve grow up yeah. in the same area? Is that how you knew him? He was, uh, he was down the – he was in Colony, New York, and I was in Malta. And he his dad uh, was – you know, help help some drivers with with some sponsorship and stuff like that a little bit at a time, and and so we met each other at the racetrack. We met each other at my dad's restaurant, and you know, I mean, Steve would come to the track, and I knew Steve when he would drive the family car up, and Steve didn't have a driver's license yet, you know, so thirty miles he'd go to come up for the weekend or to come up and uh, you know and go to the speedway and and whatnot. So that's. That's where all of that started. All right. So, what was the name of Mom and Dad's restaurant or the family restaurant? It was it was it was Dunster's Restaurant, and that was my mom's maiden name. And that was at the time uh, was Exit Twelve on the Northway, just uh, between Albany and Saratoga Springs. So, it was the exit you had to get off of to go to the racetrack. That's cool. I, so, does that mean you're a good cook, Robin? I'm pretty good cook. All right. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just put that out there for you. How's well, that? Mike Mike has a lot of pool parties at his place in the summer. We'll get you to come over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, what's bad about that, Robin, I, is that I can't cook, and I mean I yeah. and I want to, and my wife keeps telling me how screwed up I am, and I says, no, there's a lot of guys uh -huh. that don't cook, but everyone yeah. I've interviewed cooks, so so yeah. so it makes me look really really bad, but. Uh, uh, maybe 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 Judy took care of you too much. Yes, yeah, she it, did. You know what I mean? We were with mom but, last night, I mean, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Everybody I hung out with got thrown out. You know what I mean? I left the house when I was – I just turned 18, and I – and I, other than a couple times I slept on the picnic table outside the house, I never went back again, you know, so. Uh, I got you. <laughs> so as your buddy Steve Meal moves south and he becomes, yeah. uh, you know, involved with some of these race teams, then yeah. how did yeah. you progress to get involved? Even though you, you and Steve were buddies, where did your yeah. more passion come to go, hey, I'm, well, I want to follow I'll, him? I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack just a little bit because I, I kind of think this is a, a cool part of it. So when the cup guys used to do that northern tour back in the 60s and on all that era right so the petty enterprises stayed at a motel across the street from a restaurant and so that's where i think i was 12 or 13 when i met the king for the first time right and so you go hang around and watch them work on their cars and this, that, and the other. And that really, that really was the first, the very first time you see people that actually getting paid to work on a race car. They weren't volunteers. Or they may have been, but I don't think they were. But you know, they're 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 dressed up in their whites and they're working hard on the race cars. And I was like, okay, that that's an opportunity. At the age of 13, I thought that was that was a cool thing. And and it didn't hurt that, you know. Uh, developed a friendship with with pete hamilton and 
Don McTavish, who, who moved south, you know, in the late 60s. And, you know, and Pete and I remained friends forever, you know, until he passed a couple of years ago. But, you know, had that relationship, you know. And, and so it was uh, – now we move forward to the question that you want to ask about where did I – learn or do anything right yeah but so. no well no i'm gonna back up for a second because you mentioned pete hamilton okay yeah so jeff kent you gotta know this pete hamilton you know and robin clooney if i'm saying any of this wrong at one time i don't know the years uh drove for the king drove for richard petty mm -hmm. but as we were growing up back in missouri pete hamilton and this is fast forward probably from that time he yeah. was a representative for dodge and he used to race the what they called the dodge kit car at yep. local short tracks around the country. And I remember him coming into this little racetrack my dad raced at Rolla Speedway. And it was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, it's Pete Hamilton. <laughs> you know, like, yep. here's this new god that came into town. So I'm sorry. I kind of interrupted the conversation. It's like, well, it's your but, show. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, yeah. No, I mean, really. I mean, that's, he was, you know, when I was little, guys like, you know, Pete Hamilton and, and Eddie Flumpty Sr. and, and those guys, they hung out. Our area was pretty centrally located. So as racers do, they would, they would park there in the summertime and you could race, you could watch the weather or call cause you couldn't, you know what I mean? No radar then. And, uh, for, for us, but you could call and go North, uh, North of Plattsburgh. You could go East of Stafford or Thompson. You could go West out to Utica. You could run dirt. You could do this. You could do that. So it's kind of helped help that because as a kid you know you, you you'd go over to the lnr speed shop in malta new york and you know ron narducci and ed flemke would have a small block chevrolet laid out on the tailgate or something cleaning it up with gasoline and putting it back together for saturday night you know and uh that's you got used to seeing that and that just really really sparked you you just grew up in a in a cool atmosphere in the motor in it, in the race world didn't you yeah. Yep. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for the world. To be honest. Yeah. Every every would. name Jeff that he's been throwing up are famous names. Is you know, right? Northeast Modified Racers. So where did you pick up the mechanic skills then? Is that is that something you picked up at those tracks? Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you weren't. You just were a helper, right? And I mean, Mike, you've been around it, you know. And and there's some guys that thrive and and just want to get in and say, Hey, let me help. Let me do this. Let me do this. And and I, I was kind of that guy, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't first, wasn't, you know, my first thing, you know, cause I had to work for a living, but you know, it's a family business, but it's something that I did every opportunity that I, that, that I got would go to the track, right. Would go to Oxford for the 300 or something like that, you know, and, and uh, you know, you just kind of pick stuff up. And then in the winter time, when, business was slow or this that and the other you know i went i went to these trade schools or whatever and you know and took classes in heliarching and i got you know got cert got my certification you know and things like that you know to, to add to it all so 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 you, you know, really have talent you're not just a pretty face <laughs> on top of the pit box no, huh? no, yeah. <laughs> yeah no Sorry, no, he's, a, he's not a driver <laughs> <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah all right so yeah i mean we'll get, when get... i was at the petties when i was at the petties i was a fabricator all right you so... know and we built and there was only you know there, there was richie bars and steve meal and myself were the fabricators all winter long and then when when you know february 
February hit, you rolled your toolbox to the other side of the driveway and into the prep shop, and you were going to be a road guy. So, you know, you so, just kind of so rolled with it. I've kind of diluted the direction of the show early on, but so we went forward. But how did you get from the Northeast to Petty Enterprises? What? what I know Steve Meal had come down, I, but yeah, what was that yeah, move? I drove. How did you? You drove. Yeah. I drove. And I here's drove and yeah. we have to ask this question yeah. of all of our guests. What <laughs> what kind of a car did you drive down here? Oh God, you had to ask. <laughs> yeah. And 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 don't, take this. Just don't comment until I get finished with it, right? <laughs> so, I when growing up, I only wanted the car. I, I had a chance to buy all these little clunker two hundred dollar cars, but I saved my money a little bit, got a down payment, borrowed from my dad. I found an old. Uh, I found a 66 Corvette, big block coupe, and there's a whole story behind that because I used to ride by it on my school bus ride to work, uh, to school every day, and uh, I found it later on a, on a used car lot, and I bought it for like 3500 bucks, and I still have the car today, but that's what oh, I drove wow. down. That's cool. Yeah. That, that's extremely yeah. cool. Now, I'll give you an example. Todd Bodine was on the show not too long ago. He drove south in a Chevette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have had every uh, every description from everybody, from uh, Brian Patty coming from Florida in a low-rider pickup truck to that's you. Right. And a, you've got the coolest car, if I may tell you, of the uh, 29 yeah. guests that we've had so yeah. far. That the, the Corvette is that, it. That sounds pretty cool. I was... I'll send you some. I'll send you a before and after picture of it because it was it was a beater. I mean, it was a beater. Okay. But you know, it, it got me where I needed to get to. And then I think about so I bought it in '76, and uh, in '81 I finally made enough money where I could buy a, a a new reasonable car that got better than 12 miles to the gallon. And uh, so I put it I put it in storage at the Petties in one of the back barns. And it was there for, I don't know how long, 20, I don't know, 25 years, 20, 25 years. Well, I and, hope that uh, was on the Buddy Storage Program. That wasn't a monthly charge. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it was, right? It was. And, hey. and so one of the guys that used to work for me at Penske way back when, he um, he had his own business of hot rods and restorations and stuff. So we spent about three and a half years restoring it. So Beautiful. Let's take a break and come back and pick up at Petty Enterprise. We'll talk some more. We're talking right. to longtime NASCAR crew chief and official Robin Pemberton. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. Today's guest, Robin Pemberton. And once again... Here's Mike Wallace. Have at it, boys. Well, we were just ha have at it, boys. I love that. Still love that so much today. And we'll get Robin to explain that story in a little bit. But uh, we just said on the break, we got 45 years of racing to compact into 44 minutes of show. So take it away, Robin. We're at Petty, uh, yeah. we're at Petty Enterprises now. What, what goes on from You can't even come Petty? up for air. Just go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Petty Enterprises. So that was from 79. I think I got there at March, right after the 500 in uh 79 and uh i was there through 83 83 was the last year and i finished up that season and the last the last year there um you know it, we were you know dale enman had gone he was at uh he was at over at hagan's at terry labani's and uh so 
my good friend Larry Pollard and I shared the crew chief duties for Richard Petty in that 83 year. And, you know, we, we did okay. You know, won a couple races and, uh, you know, things were kind of changing over there. The landscape was changing. Uh, I, I think Kyle was getting ready to potentially take over the business and, and the King had some stuff going on or wanted some stuff going on. And that's, that's about, that's when, uh, the, the time frame was that he, he left Petty Enterprises and, uh, went to, went to the curb 43, right? They took the 43 and they, and Mike Curb and Buddy Parrott and all of that. But the background of that story is in the fall of 83, some of us, you know, he was still hunting around and I was going to go to work for, uh, Ray Mock, which, Butch Mock and Bob Rahilly. And the King and I were talking one day about what was going on and this, that, and the other. And he made mention that, you know, he, he his deal may not be done yet and didn't know if any guys over there would be interested in a, in a driver, right. Or a different driver. So I floated it to my buddies and they were after they picked themselves up off the floor that the King might drive their stuff. They, they put a deal together. It didn't, it didn't last over the off season, but we went and tested Daytona and, and some other stuff and potential. It was a potential, but it didn't, it didn't work through. And, and the King went on his way to curb and, and, and another team. So that was in, that was for 84, 85 went to work at Diegard uh, with Bobby Allison's crew chief. Uh, Robert Yates was over there doing the engines. Gary Nelson was going on to do R and D and trying to spin off and do another team. And so, Hey Robin, what was unique about Diegard? And the reason I say that we live back in St. Louis when the Diegard team was running, and it seemed like there was something, I don't know, infamous or there's something cool about that die guard team what was it i mean because i don't know if it was or wasn't but it seemed like it was it was it was cool but you had you know what i mean robert yates was there that's that's cool enough for anybody right right your engines but you know bobby was there you had miller brewing company was there you know but we wound up getting into some turmoil you know we had r&d stuff you know greg Sachs. greg Sachs won the fourth of july race uh you know and whatever 80 85 you know what i mean kind of kind of put things you know got a lot of tension in there willie t ribs drove so the, you know so. when greg Sachs won that was in a die guard car i remember him winning yes, i just didn't was. know that. Oh, okay yeah yeah yep that was in a die guard car and uh you know we were running good with bobby but we i, I we broke a cylinder head during the race you know and and you know but we're running good and then after that you know bobby bobby I think he left after the 4th of July race and we want to, you know, Willie T ribs was on deck, you know what I mean? To, to do some stuff. And, uh, he was, I'll tell you what, Willie T could drive, you know, I think anybody that's seen him or anything, he, he was a good talent. I don't think we had the best equipment for him at the time, but he was pretty, he was pretty damn good, you know? Well, that's good to hear because there's been a lot of time. There was some talk, Jeff. Willie T. Ribbon was involved in the SRX series last year that ever had. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And there's a lot of people going, well, well, what did he ever do? And it's like, I know he's a oh Trans Am yeah. racer, but here Robbins tell us how good he was. Yeah, he's a great driver. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He was pretty good. I mean, you know, he, was in, he ran Indy 500 and stuff like that. I mean, you know, he drove for Jack. 
you know, Jack, Jack told me one time, he's like, if you throw, if you throw a thousand pounds of marbles out in the middle of the corner, he said in the United States, he said at the time, he said, Willie T ribs and Robbie Gordon would be the only ones to get through that. He's like, they're the best car control he's ever seen. Oh, really? Wow. And that's that's yeah, a big compliment. Yeah. 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 Robbie, I mean, Robbie was at Jack's doing road race stuff. Um, you know, when we were trying to start up Jack's deal back in the late, in the late eighties. So. Okay. So, so you, went, was, you went from Die Guard. Anyways, you, you were Die at, you're at Die Guard. You guys, uh, Greg yeah, Sachs had won a little, little turmoil yeah, in that, the team. Yeah. And, and then that thing. So I had a 10 year contract that lasted 16 months. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, you know, what's really weird about this, Robin? Jeff Kent and I have both had those same contracts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when we Absolutely. start, when we started this show together, <laughs> we're, we're sitting talking about the concept of it and just what we're going to do. And we both looked at each other and realized we'd uh, we both had a nice career, but we've been through those challenging well, I, moments. And life. I don't know how those NASCAR uh, contracts work, but in radio. I mean, it's a contract, yeah. but, you know, uh, really the, the most important part of it that protects me, the employee, would have been the, you know, the severance package. And, yeah. And, you the know. best deals. Handshakes were the best deals. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> because they could fire you anytime. I've had two contracts that were 10 years, and neither one of them went over 14 months. <laughs> hey, did they ever use, else, did they ever use the terminology, sure. Robin? Uh, it's nothing personal, man. <laughs> it's just business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, business. All right, we'll jump off of that. But uh, you went from Die right. Guard, and after the Die Guard program, where did Robin Let's Pemberton see. go? I went. I went back to uh, went back to um, Butch and Bob. Okay, and uh, we were supposed. So Lake Speed comes and talks to me and says, "Hey, you know, would you like to come over here? I'd like to have you come back over here because he knew I was kind of." kind of thinking over there, the die guard thing. So I said, okay. So we, we, Butch and I got together and whatever and decided to go back over there. And, uh, and then when I got there, uh, let's see in December or something, well, then Lake was gone. <laughs> so <laughs> Lake called, Lake called me to come over there. And, uh, when I got there, there's, you know, the, the door had, he had that same 10 year contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, you know, you know how that goes. Yep. So, anyways. And so that was the year we had. We had a lot of drivers. We had Jody Ridley and Jim Sauter, Morgan Shepard, uh, Mike Alexander, I think. Yeah, we had we had our share. And, you know? and that and, team uh, at that time, was, was that the Raymock team? Or where were you Yes, at? sir. Okay. That was Raymock. All yep. right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so, unique. You brought up Butch Mock. I just seen Butch this weekend at a Trans Am race at Charlotte. His son was oh, racing. Oh, he's Trans Am. Yeah, he's doing there. great. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing right. good. Yeah. So you're. So at... that was that was Ray Mock. Okay. So then, so a funny thing happened. So we were we were working a lot of hours, you know, and and uh, you know had had new had one new baby that was there, and you know we. Uh, you know, so we were getting kind of stressed out, working hard all summer long. And so I'm off mowing the yard on a Saturday in Matthews, where I lived. And the uh, told Lisa, I said, I don't care who, if the phone rings for me, I'm not here. Right. So <laughs> she goes, 
I'm out mowing a yard. It's about an acre of land, and I'm doing it with about a 24-inch push mower. And you, you know what I mean? Just because. And uh, so the, she calls and says, hey, phone. I said, I'm not answering the phone. And I wasn't that nice when I said it to her. <laughs> and uh, and she goes back in, and then I'm making another pass. She's like, no, the guy says he needs to, he wants to talk to you. And I said, no, I'm not. And she goes in, comes back out. He's a friend of Paul Giltman, and Paul Paul was one of the Ford engineers that had worked with myself and Gary and a few others along the way. Really good chassis guy, and uh, and he said and he said his name's Jack Roush. <laughs> yeah, right. So I I'm not, I'm not sure I turned the mower off, but I went inside and turned <laughs> and, and you know took the call, and we talked a little bit, and he wanted to come meet, and you know he's going to start a team and. You know, this is like in June or July, probably July of, uh, of that year, of 80, 87. And um, so anyway, so things go on, and he, and he wants to put a meeting together. And so he puts a meeting together, meet him in Greensboro. So I met him up in Greensboro. Well, hell, I walk in the damn meeting room at the Holiday Inn near the airport, and there's that Steve Meal of all things. So Jack didn't know Steve and I knew each other. And he was just making some phone calls. And so the long and the short of it is he winds up hiring us both to, to start the team. And we wow. started it in, in Liberty. So, I mean, we just, you know, we're going to run a partial schedule and, and all of that stuff. So that was to get up and running for the 88 season. And so... You know, about mid, about the second, third week of August, um, you know, I, I left to, to go help Steve, left Butch and Bob to go help Steve start that. So you went, uh, when you went, racing. when you went for that Roush meeting, you did not know Steve Meal was going to be in that meeting also? Uh, no. Wow. That's, that's kind of cool, actually. It's yeah. amazing how everything yeah. comes full circle. Yeah. Poor, like poor yeah. Jack didn't know he was walking in to get ambushed. Yeah. He, he was... He was <laughs> It was two on one right off the bat, but anyways, it was a good meeting. I mean, I think, I think he felt good that you know he's already, if he wanted to do it, he had two people that, you know, that obviously they were recommended by some different folks, or else he wouldn't have invited us to the same meeting. So, anyways, gotcha. So, so uh, yeah, it was good. You guys started Roush Racing then, as we know Roush right. Racing, and yeah. uh, who who was Mark? Mark, I just remember Mark. Mark. Being, was he the first driver of that team? Yep. Yeah. yeah, Mark was the first driver. Okay. I think they had interviewed a few different people, but you know, Mark Mark for the most part I think was was probably the first choice, you know. So yeah. anyways, and that you know, I stayed there till eighty ninety let's see, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ninety one. I, I I finished up at the ninety one season. Great. You know. What was that like and, to start a race team? What what's Oh my god. I mean, just... it was it really it really wasn't bad because you were starting a team early enough. What we thought to run a part time schedule, mm-hmm. we're, we're 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 there working on the cars in Liberty, North Carolina. On um, it's I don't know. Remember when they used to do the media tour? Was it in December or January or something like that? Might have been December. Yeah, I did. And so they would go to people's shops or something like that. So they're in one side of the shop doing their you know 
media stuff with Jack and Jeff Smith and Mark and we're all in the other side working on cars because, you know, we built the shop basically. It was an empty building that didn't it didn't even had plumbing in it for bathrooms when we started, you know. So we're in there building cars and we're listening kind of through the through the big door in between the two buildings. And we hear Jeff Smith say he'd like to announce the fact that we're going to run the full schedule. I got I got up out of the trunk of the Thunderbird and bumped my head and was like, <laughs> we got we, we have two cars. One was for Daytona and one was the Rockingham car that was Daytona spare. And and maybe something for Richmond we hadn't even started yet and then announced we're going to run all the all the races it was like oh my god so you, anyways you know what's funny about know. that robin is we had mark martin on no no there's nothing there's nothing funny about <laughs> that even now there's nothing funny about that okay let me pray you re-terminate that what was coincidental about what you just said <laughs> is, uh-huh. is we had mark on as our third guest when jeff and i started the show and Mark told the exact same story you just said, <laughs> almost verbatim. <laughs> so, oh God, yeah. it was something. Wow, that, that was an eye opener. But you, yeah. you, you guys ro- rose to the occasion over there. You, you yeah, made it happen. Yeah, Yep. So you yep, had that success did. at Roush Racing, and uh, yep. I'll tell you what that's, we need to do. Good. We need to hold that thought. We're going to come back to wherever you want next. We'll do that. Think about Robin Pemberton as a, as a young crew chief and the, and the names that he's throwing out. Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Mark Martin. I mean, you know, that, that's pretty amazing. I got something I want to ask him about the King when we come well, back. More stories to come. We're talking to Robin Pemberton. You're listening okay. to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. Today's guest, longtime NASCAR crew chief and official Robin Pemberton. And once again, from high atop the pit box, inside the plush, well-lit studios of the Speedsport Podcast Network, here is Mike Wallace. We are getting a better setting every time we get here, aren't we? So, we're uh, Robin, we, you basically, you started Roush Racing there with Steve Meal. You guys raced through that. I want to step back one moment, though, if I can, because he, he's such an icon and he is the king of the sport. When you worked for Richard Petty, just a quick scenario, was he the king at that time or was it just afterwards he became the king? Was said, he the, what, well, it was, was just he what? the king. I mean, everybody oh, refers God, to him as yeah, the king yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. You know, he, no, nobody no. says Richard we, Petty. No, no, we refer to him the king in the shop. Okay. You know? I mean, he was just, he was, he was the coolest guy and he still is. Okay. You know, there's, there's all, there's all facets to, to Richard Petty, the king, you know, there's, there's the shop guy. There's the guy that you, you know, when I got there, he, he used to heliarch and make his own seats. Really? Okay. Yeah, he did it. He, he did all the aluminum welding for his own seats, you know, that's and incredible. After a few years, yeah, I thought it was, I, I was. I was after a few years he let me do his seats for him, you know. But he's a he was cool. I mean, you know, back in those days we traveled together. We, you know, I'd be driving a van. He he's sitting in the third row back there, and you know you're busting along pretty good. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this voice. You don't see that man up there. It's like he can. I couldn't see the cop, and he could. And he's sitting in the back. You know, it's like, no, not this time. You know, so. But he was good to be around. Wonderful. He really was. Yeah, he was. He was a good man for sure. Yeah, beautiful. So, 
let's jump forward back to at the end of Roush Racing. When you're done at Roush uh-huh. Racing, you go where? Kyle Petty and Sabco and Felix Sabatis. Yep. Yep. So that's that was uh, in whatever that was, nine, seven, eight, nine, uh, the 92, 93, and, ha- and part of 94. We had Felix so. on two weeks ago. He talked very highly of you. Did you? you, you yeah. Those... We're, uh, we were, for the most part, we were really good friends. We had a falling out for about six months. And, you know, you know, and, and that's why I left during half of a year. But, you know, we're, you know, we're good friends. We're really, really good friends. So yeah. it was, you know, time heals a lot of wounds, you know. <laughs> so. that's, that's what they say. So, yeah. so you went to, you went to the F- Sabco race team for a while. Yep. You guys had yep. a little falling out. And uh, you, yep. then you went where? uh let's see i I got i got to put it all together oh so i had the summer off did some part-time stuff went uh worked for jack for about six months on ted musgrave's car uh set on two or three poles in the last half of the year and uh that was that was okay but it wasn't my you know i i didn't live up there anymore i lived in charlotte uh, area or in cornelius and then uh don miller John Miller approached me uh, when I was, I rode my motorcycle. I remember I was cleaning the bugs off of it out at Phoenix. Um, and uh, Don, Don approached me and, you know, wanted to talk a little bit. And, you know, he made, you know, he, he didn't make an offer offer, but he said, hey, we want to we talk to you, you know. And uh, so uh, we, we talked some things through and, and uh about the first of December, last week of November, I think I, I went to work for uh, Roger and Rusty and, and Don Miller at uh, at Penske. So, and that lasted. That was that was a pretty good run, you know. I was there till 2000 and I think December of 2001. Well, I was there. So. Well, you guys ran really well. You're always cool looking, Rob, and you were just like the the, the cool <laughs> crew chief. You know what I mean? Talk about Jesus. some of the talk about some of the success you had with with Rusty Wallace, though, because you oh got... God, I, I'll be. I, it was good. I, Rusty made us all better, whether we wanted to be or not. You know what I mean? He was he he works. Him and Bobby Allison are just alike, in my opinion, of working on a race car. It, you could have three tenths on the field, and he's going to want you to change two springs and a sway bar with seven minutes to go in practice. <laughs> you know, and, and Bobby was the same way. You know what I mean? They never gave up until we were the last, we were the first on the track and the last ones to leave, get off the track at practice. And we we changed stuff, you know, and and their feel for the car was incredible, both of them. And, you know, Rusty could, Rusty was really good. He knew 15 pounds of right front spring, which, you know, most people can't do anymore. Hmm. And uh, he made us better. And, uh, boy, he sure worked the hell out of us. I can say that much, but it was good. He, he rewarded us after hours, too. You know, he took care <laughs> of us pretty good. Took us to dinner, you know what I mean? He took us to dinner and we did things together and stuff. And, and uh, you know, you learn, it's, it's, it's lessons that you learn with all these different drivers and how to work on a car and what different people need or want or how they communicate to you, you know? And, uh, you know, we're at, we're at 
Martinsville one time, and we were racing Jeff Gordon pretty hard, and something happened. I'm sure the crew screwed up, and we had a bad pit stop, but, <laughs> you know, we're out there. Running, we're, we're probably second, and we're probably a straightaway back. And I was trying, I was, I was trying to think of any, anything I could tell him to let him know it was going to be okay. You know what I mean? And, and it really, there really isn't anything, you know? <laughs> so I got, I said, look, just keep going. You know, you're catching him a half a tenth a lap, this, that, and the other. And he'd say, then why is he getting small in front of me? Why is he getting small? I said, you're catching him. You're catching him. And, and finally, you know, Yelba had to drag him in there but we did we did catch jeff and we did pass him and we did win the race you know but he was uh he was something else and and uh those are good those are good times won a lot of races together i thought you know yeah i should say there were a couple of seasons there where you guys won 10 minimum 10 or more races no i buddy i think buddy won the year before i got there i think buddy they may have won 10 I think we were we were generally around the six or eight or seven or just five six or, or eight like or seven, yeah, just yeah, yeah. you know, just superstar <laughs> yeah. batting averages. So let me ask you about yeah. drivers just for a second, if you don't mind, and you don't and, and yeah. don't you don't have to identify what made drivers good for Robin Pemberton. What did you and what was you mentioned Rusty mm. and you guys, you know, you might yeah. have went out afterwards. This and what created good camaraderie in general? Or would you, uh, maybe not so much specific, but what would you say creates good camaraderie amongst a race team other than you know, winning races? I don't know. Uh, the, you know, the things, some of the stuff was that I, that I worked real hard on the cars, right? I mean, we took cars to, to you know, wind tunnel and stuff like that. I mean, two, two years with Rusty we ran and never took a car to the racetrack that hadn't been to the wind tunnel, not even a Martinsville car. Oh my God. And so I think, I think you gain the, uh, the support and confidence of a driver like that. And, you know, we did the same thing with, with, when I was with Kyle, you know, uh, Bobby Allison, we, we got to go Ray Smith was ahead of the Buick stuff then. And so we got to go and we did extra stuff. You know, we did, we just didn't build a car and, show up with it and hope that it worked you know what i mean we worked you know we worked on stuff and aerodynamics and 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 things like that but you know i wasn't trying i was never trying to be an overbearing personality on on those guys because i wasn't a driver and i couldn't be uh i wanted to give them everything that they that they had and if there was a day that we weren't having a good day you you want to support them and and, you know, not say you're going to yell and scream at them if we don't win a race or finish in the top five or six, you know. And so, you know, I didn't have that type of personality. And, I, and I've worked around crew, other crew chiefs that did. I mean, they were they'd – talk, they'd talk down to a driver, you know, and I would never – I would never think about that, you know. Well, that's why you were such a good crew chief. That doesn't that doesn't inspire anybody when you talk down. No, it really doesn't. You gotta, <laughs> no, you gotta no, have those people skills, no. man. Right? Yeah. Uh-uh. No. So, you, no, so you went through sick. that. Uh, what I call a great time. At least I'm going to put it in my yeah. words that way because that's what it just sounded like yeah. at, at Penske Racing. Yeah. You 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 worked yeah. for one of the greatest car owners in motorsports. You drove for a pretty good, with a pretty good race car driver and a. Yep. The general manager. So after the uh, Penske Racing Program, where did you go from there? Well, I, I signed my next. Well, this when when Dale Earnhardt passed, 
it changed the lives of a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Right. And, you know, Dale, you know, Dale had friends out there that, that people didn't know that were his friends. Like Rusty and I would go over and hang out with Dale during the week, you know, go over to the truck shop, do this, do that every week, almost every week, you know, and Dale was a good friend. But when, when Dale passed to me, I had young, I had young kids and I'm like, Holy cow, man, life's too short. You know, it changed the garage area. Did it really? You know, I mean, I mean, you got good, you got drivers that, you know, like didn't win any races after that. You know, you look at, you look at stats after 2000 and, you know, after that February race, there's, there's guys that fell off the map, you know, and I, I didn't want to be on the road like that. I wanted to, I wanted to be contribute to a team in a team manager way you know, and try to try to do it that way and then still have a chance to spend more time with the kids, you know? And, uh, and so I signed my next 10 year deal and that was next 10 year deal. My, that was with my, that was with my good friend, Kyle Petty. <laughs> and, you know, and we've been close for years and years and we're still close. But at the end of that year, it didn't, we, I fell, I fell nine years short on my 10 year deal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it is what it is, you know, it's just, that's it. So there's that. So you you get that, you you get that pink slip in December, you know, and and it's like, Oh, smokes. Now what? Hey, let me ask you You something. And I know this is not the greatest thing to ask, but people want to know, I mean, so when you think you've got a deal, because I know how it is from a driver's perspective, and yeah. I unfortunately got plenty of them things, unfortunately. But yeah. what what what's a quick? Fe- I mean, I assume I know the feeling, but what's a feeling when you think you're doing something good for a team? You're part uh-huh. of your ten-year contract. <laughs> yeah, and they tell you, you know what? I think we probably today's your last day, but it, it's business. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not nothing personal. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't. The hardest thing for me when that happened, now I'm living in Cornelius, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm down there on Bethel Church Road or something like that. And I'm driving a level cross every day, right? 90 some miles, you know, hour and you know, hour and 40 minutes or whatever, a level cross every day. And I was, I was so distraught over it. I, I, I went to work. I still drove and and left every day for a week so i wouldn't have to tell lisa i didn't have a job oh really you kept it oh god i just got i got in all right see you you know be back a little bit call you later blah blah yeah i it, it tore me up i mean absolutely you know and so while i was driving i was making phone calls you know what i mean and and uh so i for me I've always, I, I've never burned a bridge, you know, I, and I really worked hard at, well, for me, it's not that hard. I just don't burn a bridge. Right. I mean, that's what Kyle Petty and I are still friends, Okay. you know, and, and everything else. And so I, you know, I called Jack and told him what went on and, and he's like, golly, he's like, I just, I just put, you know, I just put these guys on. I don't have room. But I said, okay, well, I'm just letting you know. So a couple of days later or something, he calls, he's like, don't do anything. Don't do anything. We're working on something. And between him and Bill France and Mike Helton, I wind up 
being the field manager for Ford for the motorsports program. All right. So I, that's, if I start that and, and I'll preface all this by saying for 10 years, Bill France and I always talk for whatever reason. He was always nice to me. Always come see, you know, even for, for what reason? I have no idea. No matter what team, when I was just, you know, a, a bad crew chief or something. And, uh, and so he had occasionally say, Hey man, I'd like to come work here and this, that, and the other. And I said, man, I just took a job, couldn't do it back and forth for 10 years. So anyway, so they go to work and it winds up, I go to Ford and I'm going to manage a field, pro- the field manager for the program and ask our stuff. And so we start off and go to work and is, you know, I'll condense it, but as luck would have it, we won the next two uh, manufacturers championships and did a car development deal, the new Taurus. And, you know, once again, did all the scale, you know, there was good guys like Bernie Marcus and, and arrow guys and Ford motor company and did just did a lot of stuff. We worked with the wood brothers for full, with full scale cars and stuff. And about a year, not even a year in of, of, of three year deal, the phone rings and it's Jim Hunter. Hold it, hold it! Don't don't, don't tell us that because we need to take a break. I want to break. Uh, we're gonna come back at Jim Hunter. We'll take All a couple right. of more laps in just a, just a minute. Right. Robin Pemberton, you get it. you're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're talking to longtime NASCAR crew chief, official manager, Robin Pemberton. And chances are there's another 10-year contract in our very near future. Here's Mike Wallace. (laughs) Well, I'm going to start talking like an auctioneer because there's so much to talk about with Robin. But, Robin, you said Jim Hunter, and I said hold. So take us from Jim Hunter. Yeah. So Jim Jim calls, and, and Jim and I have been friends you know, forever, you know, just, he just that guy. Right. I mean, you know, Jim, Bill, that whole group really enjoyed being around him. So, so I get the call this Jim and, uh, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm friggin' working, Jim. What are you doing? He's like, well, Bill wants me, wanted me to call you. I said, yeah, I want you to come to work. I said, he just got me this job. I got, I just started. <laughs> well, you know, they, they got some stuff going on and they're trying to grow this and that and the other. And, you know, he wants to talk to you. I said, oh, Lord. I said, I just I just started, you know, and it's going good. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk. Okay. So that's the no, right? No, we'll talk. And so that thing goes on and it, and it takes it takes a while to get it together. And I got, and I left, uh, I left after about a year and eight months, uh, and went to work for NASCAR. And so that was, you know, went down and met those guys and, you know, had dinner and talked about stuff. It was, it was Brian and Bill and Mike and George Pine and, you know, flew down and, and, you know, just shot the breeze about some different stuff. So Mike's. Mike's taking me back to the airport to send me back home after an afternoon and an evening. And he said, uh, anybody, uh, anybody talk to you about what, what they want you to do? I said, no, it's just been a really good, uh, you know, dinner and everything. And nobody said anything. He's like, yeah, sometimes, 
sometimes we don't communicate when we need to. I said, okay. <laughs> so, it's an understatement. And uh, he's like, you know, they, they want you to come be the vice president of uh, a competition. He's like, and you'll be number three. He's like, you know, Bill, you know, Bill was one and I was two and you're, you, you could be three. He's like, we really want you to come do it. You should come do this. I said, all right. And so that was that. I went home and tried to explain it to Lisa, but, and, uh, you know, she kind of understood it and all that stuff. And, and, uh, so at the end of that year, well, that, that took about a year to, to put that together, uh, where I could leave, uh, get forward in good shape. You know, they could get a replacement there and some other stuff. And then, uh, you know, I went to work for those guys in, uh, 2000 in August, July, late July, August of 2004. So, and then that's my, now, now, now we're vice president of competition for NASCAR. Wow. And, what, what uh, a, what a big, uh, escalation in your career you know i, I <laughs> yeah. but it's a it's a it's got to be a huge change right because i mean yeah, you're, you're, a crew, you're a crew chief uh you're working for you know different yeah. race teams and then all of a sudden you're the vp for yeah. competition so it's almost like oh christ here yeah. comes pemberton <laughs> yeah 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 and, and what's funny what's funny really about it is how how everything's perceived right all right I'm the NASCAR guy, you know, not NASCAR. I was a, a competition guy or a crew chief and whatever. And, you know, I, I might have cheated a little bit, but not a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I did better than some because you didn't read about me as much as the others, but nonetheless. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, my, my buddies, some of my buddies in the garage area, when I was going to NASCAR, they said, oh, yeah. I said, you, you know, you're going to let them know what, what's going on out here for real. I said, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, we'll sure we'll talk so you go in you take the job you know my first the first week I, I i hadn't started yet but i was going to the august rule book meetings just to get warmed up you know uh, right after the bristol race that's generally when they start and uh man i'm in this thing and i'm you know you're sitting in there and and jerry cook is reading rule books word for word and you know, the review and everything and the detail in it is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Trying to make them all, you know, kind of line up between trucks and Xfinity or Bush and NASCAR, you know, cup series. And then you start going to these meetings and you got these meetings and on Tuesdays, which the whole world racing world meets on Tuesdays. And, you know, but the truth be told, the, my word to the, to some of my crew chief buddies when I explain what goes on when they, when they thought that nobody put any thought into a lot of this stuff. Now, granted, it wasn't a hundred percent this way. I mean, I, you know, I, I let them know how much work goes in on the other side. And I explained to them about the meetings and, you know, the, the decks and the stacks of paperwork and the research and this, that, and the other. And they were friggin' shocked. They were shocked. Some of them, they had no idea. And I'm not saying that I had any idea either. I mean, I'm in the deep end of the pool myself. And uh, so what turn, what what some people thought was going to be that I was going to explain to NASCAR how the racing world works outside of their offices was just the opposite. It was explaining what goes on in the office to the teams. And then they, and they 
you know, their light started to go on. Well, then, then, then it was a good conduit. Then once we, uh, everybody understood the other side a little bit better, I think things, things really worked out for the best, you know, I think for everybody really. So that was, uh, that was an unusual start to the, to the NASCAR program. Well, that, that's incredible that you got that. I think it's an incredible opportunity. Heck, I could never get, get Bill France to say hello to me, much less he gets hired by him, you know? So, yeah. But, hey, at least yeah. Mike Helton returned your calls. Yeah, yeah. We're happy Mike <laughs> yeah. came on the show. Yeah. yeah. But maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to jump through this. Let's just finish the NASCAR deal. How did, and so then the NASCAR deal went around long for years and then things just changed, right? And then what'd you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. 11 years, you know. Oh, well, you made and, a 10-year contract on right. that deal. Yeah, Plus yeah that's, a, that's a, that was a handshake deal. Yeah. Never had a, never had, they said, as long as you come to work, we'll pay you. As long as we want you to come to work, we'll pay you. You know, and, and it lasted 11 years. So oh, that, almost 12. That, that was perfect. You know, then. but I had good relationships with, you know, most everything. And, and, you know, towards the end of that, you know, there was some, there was some different manager changes and stuff like that. So there's a different focus and a different outlook for different things, you know, and, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. That's, that's a, as much or many hours I've ever worked in my entire career was the years at NASCAR. Really? And, it was. And what, what, it was what was just, so hard about that or what, why did it take some, not saying hard, why did it take so much time? You think just, it, it's it's the rules and regulations and you were there you were i was a senior guy i was in i was in the tower for every race that we ran on a weekend if wow. the modifieds run we're in new hampshire if the modifieds run i'm in the tower if the late models are there i'm in the tower if xfinity's there or two trucks there and one cups there i was in the tower and so i kept Whoever was there in the morning earliest, I had to be in that garage open. And then whoever finished late at night, I was there waiting for instruction, right? So sometimes, you know, you, you'd work probably 45 or 50 hours from Thursday afternoon or Friday to Sunday, you know, and had an office job, you know. So when we flew back from California... I, we would land at four in the morning. I'd lay down for a couple hours, and I and I'd go to work late, but I'd be there Monday morning at, you know, eight eight thirty or something like that. That was considered late. That's yeah, right. That's brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's two hours before you I know, get up. It wasn't seven. It wasn't seven. Yeah. You know, I get but, up daily at the crack of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I mean, those were those were a lot of hours, and you know, when we did the car development stuff, you know, I. I, you know, most of the time I went to the wind tunnel when we were doing car that was certified or something like that, you know, and whether it was in Mooresville or if it was at Lockheed or, you know, Detroit doesn't do that much anymore. But I mean, I, I traveled and did it all, you know, or did it with a good team, you know, but it was still a lot of hours. I would love to talk to you about the, the, the car, what, what things like that entail, because especially this new car, but I don't want to take the last five minutes we got of a, a great show because your your career has been incredible i mean I, I i assume you know that and you look at yourself now and then go man i've had a cool career but after nascar uh what did you do did you take a break for a while because i mean you no okay no i didn't i i, I was off for about a little bit and then a friend of mine uh jeff ryan that uh that's jri shocks 
So he, he calls and he's just thinking about some stuff. So I spent two years working with him doing stuff, uh, aftermarket shocks for, uh, Harley Davidson's and, uh, and JRI. So I would do the, a lot of the customer's bikes that needed a custom fit because of, you know, whether the bike was too tall for him or short or whatever, whatever. So I, I did two years of shocks. Um, and then, uh, after a year off and then somewhere in there, John, John Andretti called and, uh, we started to talk about some stuff and he's, he was trying to get Jarrett off of, uh, off the sprint cars and get him into road racing. And so we spent, uh, summer together working on different things and talking and going to drag races and going to road races and different things and just talking. And then, uh, in the fall of 2018, uh, I'm, I'm going to Indy to work on, uh, work on a, uh, GT four sports car program and, uh, did that for two years. And then last year we started, uh, we went to IMSA with an LMP three program. And, uh, and so now we just started our second year with the LMP three program with Jarrett. So after I, I stayed up there about 18 months and then, uh, and then I moved back to North Carolina and I, you know, now I, I go to races, I go to tests and then I'll go up for a week every, you know, a month or six weeks. So like when I get home tomorrow, I'll pack my stuff and then Thursday I'll go up, fly up for Thursday and Friday and then, um, come home and fly up there for next Monday through Friday. Now, when you say and, up there, is that is, is that program run Andy. out of Andretti Autosports? Is that part yep, of the Michael? Yep, it's, wow. Yep, it's right there, right there. It, uh, it's with the Indy cars and uh, Indy lights and whatever else they want to run, you know. That, so. that, that organization runs a lot of different vehicles, don't they? Oh, Lord. Yeah, and I don't think it's over with. You know, really? Michael's really good with all of that stuff, and he's trying real hard, and he's real supportive. You know, and you know of our, of Jarrett's program. You know, Jarrett's got some good engineers. Uh, you know, Graham Graham is uh, Graham Quinn is is doing really good with the chassis stuff, and so it's good. You know, with that, I don't have to be up there all the time. You know, and and but I I think that uh, the place will probably expand before it contracts any. You know, with with program. Yeah, you so and, so you know, we're, Jarrett, Jarrett we're, works real hard at it. So does Nancy. You know, Nancy works real hard at it. Too. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. She's at every race. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's a great story of that of that being yeah. able. So, are we predicting ahead of time then, Jeff Kett? What do you think? Do we see Robin Pemberton in the Formula I think One that world? Robin Pemberton <laughs> still works too damn hard. That's yeah. why he, he's making no. me tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I don't, when I can't find time to go to on the Kyle Petty charity ride, I got issues. Right okay, now, there you so, go. So I got I to work on that. So. Yeah, well, we so much appreciate you taking, you know, your time Absolutely. today and explain your incredible life. I mean, I know we've all had heartaches along the way to deal with it, but as uh, far as a yeah. career aspect, uh, man, congratulations. I, I think it was yeah. great, Jeff. Don't you think he's Awesome resume, Robin. Congratulations on your success. Uh, and I, I truly I, I, I recommend you slow down a little bit. Yeah. yeah well, I'm working on it. I'll tell you what, if you, if you get back to Huntersville or Cornelius, wherever, you just, uh, uh -huh. and you're bored, you call, and uh, 
the beers or drinks are on me, and I'll bring Jeff along yeah. and Rich, and we'll sit around and we'll finish our conversation. We'll do that. All right. We'll get us a cold. Sounds beer. good. I'll, I'll buy. All right. All right. Thank you, Robin. See you guys. You've been yeah. listening Thank to Fast Car and NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. We'll see you next week.